Hello, and welcome back to The Indie, the podcast from the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent. I'm your host, Rebecca Fairweather, and on today's episode, I sat down with Assemblyman Greg Hart and got to chat about concerns Santa Barbara residents have had over the environment and the ongoing housing crisis. Assemblyman Hart was elected to the California State Assembly in November 2022, representing Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo. He's most notably been working on passing legislation regarding environmental safety procedures and protections. Most recently, Governor Newsom signed off on Assembly Bill 584, authored by Assemblyman Hart. The bill allows state and local agencies the ability to aid in protection of life and property, alongside restoration and cleanup as a result of natural disaster. The bill also provides the Coastal Commission more flexibility to issue emergency waivers. This bill follows other legislation from the Assembly member that were specifically written for cases of local and statewide emergencies. The bills were approved shortly after Tropical Storm Hillary, which made waves across the southern coast in August 2023. The event caused significant flooding across different regions and resulted in mud and rock slides, as well as the loss of power. During the storm, 30 miles south of Santa Barbara, Ojai faced a 5.1 magnitude earthquake. The Assemblyman has also authored Assembly Bill 1345 that expands protections for home buyers from unfair competition and deceptive practices carried out by real estate companies. The governor approved the bill on October 8th. Today, you'll hear from the assemblyman himself on his plans to create further protections and address all concerns brought up by constituents of Assembly District 37. Assemblyman Greg Hart, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, some background? It's really a pleasure to join you today and talk about uh, my work in the State Assembly. This is the first year that I have been serving in Sacramento as a representative in the State Assembly, but prior to that, I was a Santa Barbara City Council member, a member of the Board of Supervisors, served on the California Coastal Commission, and have lived in our district virtually my entire life. So it's really an honor and a privilege to represent us in Sacramento. Yeah. And how have you noticed a change within the Santa Barbara area in your time here and now as your time as an assemblyman? I think that our community is very intentional. People mm-hmm. are here for a reason. They're, it's not an accidental place. It's yeah. not easy to stay here. The cost of living, unfortunately, is very high. But I think that attracts people who want to contribute. And this community has a long-term legacy of community involvement and activism. And I think that is why we're such a beautiful, wonderful place, because yeah. people have cared about it for a really long time and continue to do so. And I'm yeah. just trying to do my part to continue that tradition. Yeah. You're starting to do your part with sidewalk office hours. That is, you're carrying on the legacy of, uh, who are you carrying on? Jack O'Connell. And the series initially began in July, but you're rebooting it for September to November, I believe. I was inspired because I was a young staffer working Mm -hmm. for then Assemblyman Jack O'Connell a long time ago. And he created this tradition of going out and just talking to people on the sidewalk without appointments or anything. People can just come on by. And I want to continue this on a regular basis. Next year, I'll probably do it three different times. But we're going to every single community in the district, from Nipomo all the way through Santa Maria, Guadalupe, Lompoc, Solvang, Buellton, Goleta, Santa Barbara, and Carpinteria. And it's been really well received. 
I think it's something that I am encouraging my colleagues in Sacramento to yeah. consider doing too, because it's a great way to connect with people in an informal setting. Mm -hmm. And it's a really wonderful opportunity for me to hear directly what people are concerned about. Yeah. And how are you enjoying the sidewalk office hours so far. I love them. It's great. It's <laughs> yeah. just as fun as it was back doing it with Jack O'Connell. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful to know that people appreciate that, that I'm going to their community and making myself accessible. And yeah. I, I think I get uh, a ton out of it. Mm -hmm. And what's been the biggest question or concern that constituents have brought up to you, brought to your attention? Housing is obviously a big concern in every community around the county. Mm -hmm. There are environmental issues that people are worried about yeah. too. And things are changing so much in our community, in the state, and internationally. It's mm -hmm. a very dynamic, difficult time, I think, yeah. with politics. Just having a chance to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody about things that they're passionate about, I think, helps to foster a greater sense of community. That's what I'm trying to do. I love that you're getting to know everybody within the community. I feel like that's the best way you can understand how a community operates and how it flourishes and what it needs oftentimes. Santa Barbara County is a very diverse place. There's yeah. lots of different views about issues and mm -hmm. it's important to know really yeah. intimately what people are thinking about. Yeah. And speaking of one of the issues that people are passionate about, environmental issues, now you have made it a point within your administration to work on environmental issues, passing environmental legislation to protect the coast, to protect our residents. Why do you have an interest in environmental concerns? What drew you to it? Was it being on the Santa Barbara Planning Commission or the California Coastal Commission? I think that my interest in environmental issues preceded my public work, really. I, as a high school student, I think I recognized that this was a really special place yeah. and that environmental values were critical. I was actually living in Santa Barbara in 1969 when the oil spill happened, mm -hmm. and it was devastating to the community. I know yeah. People didn't know what to do, and they're really wasn't much to do. There was a tremendous yeah. amount of activity. People went to the beach and were throwing hay onto the oil, trying to get it to absorb and protecting the birds that had been affected by the oil. And it was just a traumatic event. And yeah. it really galvanized the environmental community here in Santa Barbara County. And some people think that Earth Day started as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And really the national movement that culminated in just landmark legislation at the federal level, the Environmental yeah. Protection Act, the Clean Water Act, Many significant environmental legislative achievements were, mm -hmm. were a direct result, I think, of the national citizen activism that started here in Santa Barbara. So it was a natural uh, process to continue that work. And there are so many community organizations that have been um, involved in that work, too, that yeah. it was easy to plug into those as a young person. Yeah. And I, I think that the values that are represented by environmentalism, concern and caring about future mm -hmm. generations, being a, a good global citizen and, and making sure that the things that we do in our lives is protective of the environment, yeah. it all fits together. And Santa Barbara County, I think, are a great emblem for that. When I talk to colleagues in Sacramento about these issues, I think they recognize why I'm such a strong environmentalist, because they we have an incredible environment to protect. Mm -hmm. And what have you learned the most in your time in office about environmental policies and issues? I think the challenges are getting greater. The impacts to the global climate from human activity are obvious and clear. And we live in a place that is affected by the changes in climate. We've seen the wildfires increasing in intensity and frequency, see the weather events with storms and, and mudslides. And so it isn't an academic abstract problem. It's a real life problem that we're yeah. seeing in our lifetimes. And, and I think that it's surprising to people how quickly it's come. And, and the ramifications 
are profound. It, it's affecting people's ability to get insurance to protect yeah. their homes. It's affecting our ability to have energy supplies that are reliable. It's, it, there's so many facets to it. And in Sacramento, the issues are even more significant because we're trying to lead the entire country and really the world. California is, I think, the fifth largest economy in the world. And so we have a big say when it comes to um, being an environmental leader. And we have a responsibility, I think, to continue that. I was really excited that Governor Newsom went to China to, to yeah. talk about things that we can do collaboratively and cooperatively to advance beneficial climate strategies. Yeah. And California has taken the lead. We'll continue to do that. And I'm really proud to be part of that. And looking towards the past, the families and communities that have been affected by things such as corporations not following oil regulations or corroding pipelines, how are you working to address those issues that they're currently facing at the moment? I had a bill that was successfully passed and the governor signed into law mm -hmm. that will increase the penalties for oil companies that have oil spills and affect the environment. And unfortunately, the current penalty structure just isn't significant enough so that the companies see that as a cost of doing business. They're mm -hmm. not taking the preventive steps and they're not necessarily doing business in a thoughtful way mm -hmm. that would prevent those spills from happening. Mm -hmm. So I think it was very important to make sure that the penalty system reflects the consequences of yeah. those actions. And this is an opportunity to reset that and put it in the right 21st century values. Transitioning into further protections for Santa Barbara citizens, specifically on the issue of housing. Obviously, there has been a large increase in rent evictions as well as mm -hmm. just unattainable living style within Santa Barbara, whether it be rent or just overcapacity. You heard concerns from your constituents regarding housing. What are the concerns that they have? Yes, it's a very clear, distinct concern mm -hmm. that people have beyond a concern, really. It, yeah. is, it is a crisis. And you know, I don't use that word lightly because there are so many. There's a climate crisis. There, there mm -hmm. are many things that are super challenging at this moment in time. Yeah. But housing clearly is something that's dramatically affecting everybody that lives in our community and, and yeah. not just Santa Barbara County, but the entire state of California mm -hmm. is, is unaffordable to too many people. And we have to build more housing to address that. It's a, a simple supply and demand imbalance. Our population has grown significantly over the past 20 years, but we haven't kept pace of building housing. So that shortage is causing rents to skyrocket and, yeah. and tremendous economic impact on people. Uh, the best illustrations of this that I've seen as just a story and an experience, I was shopping at a local grocery store and the person checking uh, me out explained that they didn't live in Santa Barbara. They live in the San Fernando Valley wow. and the company brings them up and puts them in a hotel and pays them time and a half overtime when they're traveling back and forth to be able to have somebody to work in the grocery store to keep the store open. And that's wow. how profound the housing crisis is manifesting itself for yeah. employers trying to get people to be able to work and live in Santa Barbara County. So we, we have a, an urgent need to approve more housing and the state is pushing local governments to do that. And I think local governments are responding. It's taken a long time. We're making progress every year. And this year in the legislature, there were additional bills to urge local governments to pick up the pace and develop more mm -hmm. housing. And I, and I think it can be done very responsibly and fit into the fabric of our communities. Yeah. And with the current housing market, with the apartments and complexes that are available currently that are being um, preyed on in a way by many landlords or corporations, how are you addressing that problem? How are you stopping predatory landlords? One of the bills that was really important was 
a limitation on the security deposits that landlords can require of tenants. It has been increasing significantly over time to the point where oftentimes it's three or four times the monthly rent mm -hmm. as a security deposit. And that's just unaffordable to people. Yeah. The, the amount of rent multiplied by three or four months is a huge burden that makes it very difficult for people to get in. So the legislature has limited it now that now to just one month. And I think that's an important reform that will make it make accessing rental housing yeah. more affordable for people and ma make a difference in people's lives. And those who have been affected that have had to turn or been forced to turn to homelessness or living in cars, I know that there's many students at UCSB who unfortunately follow that path. What are your plans to improve the health and safety and well-being of these individuals? The university is a really specific instance where, mm -hmm. unfortunately, the university's housing policies haven't kept up with their enrollment. Mm -hmm. And there was an agreement about 12 years ago between the city of, or the University of California, Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. and the county of Santa Barbara that the next increment of growth that would occur at the university would be covered by the housing that they would build to take care of the students, the new students, and the faculty that would be part of that expansion. Unfortunately, the university has not met that commitment. They're trying now, and they're trying to catch up to the 3,500 units that they need to build to accommodate that demand that has actually occurred in the community. But you can imagine that unmet housing demand has had a huge ripple effect across the whole yeah. community. If you have 3,500 extra people who are living, competing for rents, prices are going to go up. So I think that's had a profound impact. But I'm pleased to see that the university very recently has decided to go forward on a plan that was really agreed to back 12 years ago. And hopefully they'll get on track quickly and be able to make a big difference. That coupled with the additional housing that all the local governments um, are approving to meet up with the state requirements is going to provide the supply that will hopefully reduce rents and make things much more affordable. Coming back to the community aspect of Santa Barbara, with the housing crisis, there's been so many organizations, groups, just people who are so willing to help. And it's fascinating to watch. I've never seen it anywhere else in the world. So Santa Barbara is definitely a very special community for sure. The Santa Barbara Foundation is one of those nonprofits that's really taken the lead to try and bring the philanthropic dollars that help mm -hmm. community organizations and focus those on a new effort to increase the affordability of housing. So everybody's pulling together. We're all, we all understand the consequences and yeah. the urgency and the need to make progress on that. And I think Residents in all the communities are, be are beginning to understand this better, too. There was a yeah. long time when this was a very slow growth area, and that was an ethic that had environmental roots in it. Mm -hmm. There was concern about living within our resources. But now that we've seen the effect of that over time and the consequence from a traffic standpoint, people are commuting very long distances now that didn't used to, to need to be on the freeway, and, and the consequences to the next generation's ability to stay in our community mm -hmm. and provide the jobs and services that all of us rely upon. What can we expect in the future from you? It might be a loaded question. <laughs> I just love my work and I'm really passionate about it and I committed 100% to it. And I just want to continue that. I, I When I'm in Sacramento, I am fully engaged with my colleagues and we're doing really important work. But as soon as I get an opportunity on Thursday afternoon when the session ends, I'm back here in Santa Barbara every weekend traveling around between Santa Maria and Napomo, every part of the district, going to events, meeting with people and trying to solve problems. There's a big job and being a legislator is only one part of this job. I'm also trying to be a problem solver with mm -hmm. folks that are engaged in state government. We have a tremendous team of folks here that are able to help constituents with services and accessing state resources. And that's a really important job, part of the job. So I, I, I look forward 
to continuing to do this, I'm going to be seeking an opportunity to be reelected, and that'll happen beginning of next year. But I just am thrilled to have this honor and privilege to serve our community in this capacity and look forward to doing more of it in the future. Thank you to Assemblyman Greg Hart. It was a pleasure to meet with you, and I look forward to the future. From the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent, you're listening to The Indie. I'm your host, Rebecca Fairweather, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.